0: A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Ar-Rajim Bismillah rahman Ar-Rahim Alhamdulillah Wa Salatu wa Salamu ala Rasulullah Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in as alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh InshaAllah today we'll be covering Surah Al-Kafirun Surah number 109 And uh, just before we continue uh, with this Surah Just to recap some of the previous uh, Surahs And how this is all sequenced together So if you remember the overall theme of these last ten surahs is an answer to Ibrahim alayhi salam's dua, right? رَبَّنَا أَبَعَثْ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْهُمْ What was the dua? رَبَّ بِجَعَلْ هَذَا بَلَدًا آمِنًا وَأَرْزَقْ أَهْلَهُ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ مَنْ آمَنَ مِنْهُمْ Right? That Ya Allah, you know, make this city, which is Mecca, as a city of peace and a city of prosperity. And we learned that from Surah Al-Fil. We got the idea of Giving peace to the city, done, and then Surah Quraysh gave us the prosperity for the city. But then Allah Subhanahu wa Taala asked the people of Quraysh that, "Faliyabudu al Now that you have been given peace and prosperity, now it's time for you to enslave yourself, But what what did we learn from Surah Al Ma'un? "Rait al These disbelievers they denied, they you know lied against this message, and for them this was uh, you know they weren't willing to give. They didn't get the message, right? They didn't get the idea that part of belief is giving And so they, they used to push away the a team They wouldn't encourage helping the poor They would uh, even ma'un, Even the simplest thing they wouldn't give Okay, so here the case was closed for the disbelievers And then on the contrary Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala You know, tells us how The mission has now been transferred to Rasulullah kal kauthar. We have given you an abundance of uh, good. And, and through Surah Al-Kawthar, we learned that now the Prophet ﷺ is is handed the responsibility and he will be taking the legacy of Ibrahim salam which is to, you know, to cleanse and purify the Kaaba. And so, as a sequence to Surah Al-Kawthar now, this Surah, Surah Al-Kafirun, is where Allah ﷻ is literally commanding the Prophet ﷺ to take a huge action. Which is to walk up to the Quraysh and say to them in front of their faces, "Ya ayu al-kafirun, qul ya al-kafirun." It's a command from Allah subhanahu wa taala to the disbelievers, or a command from Allah subhanahu wa taala to the Prophet sallallahu <coughs> to tell the disbelievers in their face, for the first time ever, that you are kafirun. Which, in a way, means that I am basically disassociating myself from you from this day onwards. And at the same time, this means that. There is, uh, you know, خلاص, confrontation now between haqq and batil. This is it. There's, you know, the time for da'wah is over, basically. And, you know, in it is a hint of hijrah that's coming up also. In it, there's also a hint that, خلاص, the Prophet has disassociated himself from the Quraysh, and he has basically revoked his, you know, or renounced his citizenship to Quraysh. Because they were, of course, from the same family, right? Ben-Hashim. And, and so now the Prophet ﷺ is saying, خلاص, I can't be with you guys. You have your own way, I have my own way. But uh, before we just get into the surah, there's a big disclaimer here. Because one of the misconceptions about the surah is, you know, people confuse the term al kafirun and they use it very lightly. Which is a very big problem for us nowadays. Is that we can't just call any, you know, non-Muslim and you go up to them and say, hey, Kafir, neighbor, you know, you, you have your hellfire, I have my Jannah, As-salamu you know, you can't do that. It, you can't take it lightly because it's taken out of context. We have to understand that this surah was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ at a time where basically this was late Meccan period, which means how many years of da'wah has he done? Yeah, more than a decade of da'wah done by the Prophet ﷺ to the kuffar of Quraysh, after 10 years plus of da'wah. Okay? So this is where this term al-kafirun is being addressed. to. So not, it's not your you know, non-Muslim neighbor or non-Muslim walking in, in the city center or in the mall or, you know, your colleague at work or your boss. No. This is a specific group of people that after, you know, consistent da'wah from the Prophet ﷺ, in the best form of da'wah, the best teacher, the best speech with Qur'an. Ten years plus, they still rejected it. And so this is, this is talking about, this surah sort is of talking about this group of people. And you know, some of, sort of went up to actually name who they were, you know, uh, by name. But, uh, and we know that these, these kuffar like Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab and <laughs> Al-Walid bin Mughira and others like him. These, there were a few of them. These people, they died on kuffar. So this surah is applicable to those few really messed up people who were pure enemies of Prophet ﷺ. And of course it excludes people like Abu Sufyan who ended up becoming a Muslim, right? Because, um, you know, we learn from the first ayah that قُلْ al أَيْهَا الْكَافِرُونَ الْكَافِرُونَ is a noun. And nouns in the Arabic language means it's khalas, it's permanent, it's a stamp. It's not going to change. It's different than الَّذِينَ Kafaru. الَلَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا. In the Quran, whenever it's mentioned, it's a verb, which means it it could change. Just like Al-Mu'minun versus A'manu. آمَنُوا. الْمُؤْمِنُونَ is a stamp of people who have خلاص, gotten that seal. They're believers, consistent, permanent believers. Whereas Al-Ladina Amanu, sometimes they believe, sometimes they don't believe. You know. So here kafiru means they're خلاص it's a seal. They are not going to believe. You know. And, and later on we we learn from Surah Al-Masad. That Abu Lahab is a classic example of such people who, خلاص, Allah said, yada <coughs> خلاص, he's destroyed. Him and his wife, they're not going to believe. Although this surah was revealed during his lifetime. So there could be a possibility that he accepts Islam during his lifetime and prove the Qur'an wrong, right or no? But he, he didn't accept it. And so this is the context. So we have to be very, very careful how we use the term Al-Kafirun. Of course, we're living in an age of takfir, you know? We just throw out takfir labels. You're kafir, you're munafiq, you're this, you're that. And so this is, this is not, not light issues. You know, the Prophet, even in terms of nifaq, he said that if you accuse someone of nifaq, you are a munafiq. Because nifaq is in the heart. How can you even say about someone and judge that someone is munafiq? You can't do that. And, uh, you know, the idea of having hope in people even disbelievers, you have hope in them. Remember, we said that you cannot give dawah to someone if you don't love them. So there has to be that care and love, and and wanting good for others, even if they're non-Muslims. You know, otherwise it's not going to be effective. And so this is a very specific surah talking to a very specific uh, group of people that were given dawah by the Prophet ﷺ for more than ten years. And you know, in the previous surah in Surah Al-Kahf, we learned about Inna Shani al Ebtar that. Ek is, is your enemy, right? Your enemy is discontinued. Because what did Abu Jahl do? He went out in the streets and in the market and said, Rasulullah, he is abtar, he is discontinued. His, the, he has no sons to, to continue his legacy. No one to, to, to carry his name. And so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, you know, confirming the, what the eventual uh, result will be for his real enemies. This shani'aka here is being referred to as kafirun. So shani'aka and kafirun are parallels in this way. And, you know, the background of the surah is that the, the kuffar of Quraysh went, went up to the Prophet ﷺ and, you know, they realized by now, after 10 plus years, that this man is persistent on his message. He's not going to give up, you know. So they tried to, you know, there's two riwayat here. One riwayat that they b- tried to bribe him by saying, listen, what do you want? You want money? You want women? You want kingship? You name it, we'll give you. So they try to lure him in with money. Did that work? <coughs> it, obviously it won't work. And another riwayat, which is uh, more relevant to the surah, is that they actually realized that you know, this man is not going to leave his deen, but let's try to get him to compromise part of this deen. And so they literally made, went up to him with a deal and said, and they offered that, listen, we will worship your God one year, and then how about you worship our God the other year? And inshallah, both of us will be fine. We'll both be happy. There'll be no war. You know, you do. we worship your God. You worship our God. Everyone's happy. End of story. And so, you know, for the normal Person listening to this deal, it could be attractive as a transition, right? That, okay, let's let them worship our deen for one year and we'll tell them we'll worship your deen and maybe, you know, we'll do more da'wah and they'll try, they'll start praying and maybe they'll get, they accept Islam and, you know, this idea of compromise. This is where Allah (laughs) subhanahu wa ta'ala came up, revealed this surah to tell the Prophet there is no compromise in. Uh, in Islam And in terms of Kufr versus You know Tawheed And Kufr versus Islam There is no such thing As compromise You cannot compromise In this And what's beautiful Is the way Allah Starts this surah He says Qul It's as if Allah, The Prophet Doesn't even have A say in this Qul basically means Say to them Say to them Ya al kafirun You are Disbelievers And you're going to Stay disbelievers And so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is In a way Telling the Prophet To tell them that This is a message from Allah That you are disbelievers And there will be no compromise There will never ever ever be compromised And you know We live in times of compromise Unfortunately nowadays Where people have Different interests And you know Part of us wants to be religious Part of us wants to Party Part of us wants to You know live our life according to our, our own terms and our own rules. And so we have this idea of compromise. Okay, you know what? I'll leave this part of this deen just so that we can be flexible and everyone can, inshallah, be at peace. And they use this in politics a lot. You know, We'll compromise, dip- diplomacy it's called, right? You, okay, you give up part of your rights, I give up part of my rights, and we all live peacefully. As long as there's peace, everything's fine now by by saying qul you al is the prophet uh, expecting peace now <laughs> no there's going to be confrontation there's going to be bloodshed yeah, literally so this is an announcement of war literally yeah. so it's a very tough surah or a very tough stance for the prophet to take because he was rahmatan lil he was known as as-sadiq al-amin who was always sweet and You know, merciful and used to make dua. All of a sudden, he's going up to say to to these same people and saying, Ya ayyu al kafirun. So, it's a big shock for the disbelievers also that wait a second, Annie, what changed all of a sudden now? This tone of voice is changing. And it's not him saying that, it's who's saying Allah's saying, because he's just delivering the message. He's just a messenger now. So, just try to think of the, the these ayat from the perspective of the kuffar When they hear this Change of tone And by the way What's very very interesting about the surah Is whenever Allah talks uh, Whenever the, in the surah Allah talks about the kuffar He talks in plural قُلْ In plural okay? Plural, plural, plural Whenever he talks about kuffar Plural, plural, plural On the other side Who's there? Rasulullah wasallam, and it's only mentioned in singular form SubhanAllah La abudu, Me alone Ma ta'abudun all of you Wala antum you all Ma a'abud Wala ana Abdu ma'abattum Wala antum Abdu ma'abud So on one, th- one side you have all of the kafar in plural and, other, and on the other side who do you have? Rasulullah wasallam alone This also shows you the Confidence that the Prophet ﷺ had And In a way this was a scary statement For the Quraysh right That this man has the guts Literally to come up to us And say in front of our face "Al-Kafir." And he's not saying it himself He's saying "Qul," So that means someone has Allah has told him to say this And at the same time He's saying I'm enough alone Because who is with me Allah is with me Which is, you know, these are all things that you have to keep in mind as we, inshallah, proceed with this um, surah. Another thing about compromise is that this is one of the footsteps of Shaytan. Uh, You know uh, how, for example, the example that's that's usually given is if you want to bring down uh, a dam, you know, a dam that prevents water from coming, you don't have to break down the whole wall. What do you have to do? You You just have to make a small crack in it what happens with time to the crack it starts getting bigger and bigger and bigger and one day what's going to happen it's going to collapse and so for shaitan these are this is what's called footsteps of shaitan that's why you know things like wala taqrabu zina don't go near zina because what does shaitan want to do he wants to do, make one small crack in your uh, you know in in this relationship one small crack and and that's it you're finished yani 'Cause it's it's gonna lead to something bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. So here even in terms of compromise, Allah ta'ala is saying in Tawheed and in, in Islam, don't don't allow for any cracks even. Because one small crack and it's game over. That's how sensitive it is, So this this idea of compromise is, is being um, you know relayed in this surah and Allah ta'ala says, Uthuluf silmika and right after that he says, What? Wallah <laughs> to And don't follow the footsteps of the Shaytan. Because what does Shaitan want you to do? He does not want you to come into Islam, Kaafah, in full, holistically. He wants you to come in Islam. 98%. Just 2%, leave it out. And then that's his entry into it. That's his whispers coming in. So uh, in another uh, hadith The Prophet Sallallahu uh, you know, One guy wanted to get married And so The Prophet asked him are, are you married or no?" He said no I want to get married but I have nothing He said don't you have Surat al Do you know Surat Al-Khlas He said yes He said this is one third of the Quran Then he said do you, Don't you have Surat Al-Kafirun Do you know Surat Al-Kafirun He said yes I do He said this is one fourth of the Quran Then he said Do you know it he said, yes, this is he said this is one fourth of the Qur'an. And then he said, <coughs> Do you know it? Yes, this is one fourth of the Quran. Go get married. So, you know? So th- we learn from this hadith that this surah is actually one fourth of the Quran. Uh, according to that narration. So we start with Qul ya Ayuhal Kafirun. Now, Qul I told you, say to them. Say to them that I'm saying, you're not saying. You're just delivering the message. And here we're also learning that Ya ayyuha, Ya ayyuha, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, remember I told you, whenever He mentions Ya ayyuha, it means they're far away. What is Allah doing? He's distancing them. He didn't say Ya al ya kafirun, being in front of them. Ya ayyuha, far away. Ya ayyu al kafirun, you're very far away from us. So Allah is distancing Himself from these people. At the same time, you know, a while back we've given the example of the desperate salesman. You know, the Prophet ﷺ, technically he's selling an idea, you can think, right? Basically, not for any personal gain, but for Allah's sake. He's, he has an idea and, and uh, you know, this Islam is like his idea and he's trying to sell it. But sometimes the Prophet ﷺ would get so... Involved in, in convincing people, Allah is telling him, listen, don't be like that desperate salesman who thinks that customer is first and customer is king. And you know you can compromise, give a few discounts here and there just to make the sale, yani, so you can make your target. Allah is saying, you know, in, in the matter of da'wah, there's no compromise, don't be desperate. And, and the time for desperation is over now. This is time for declaration of war. It's time for you to, to s- confront them and say that, khalas, Doors of mercy are closed now. You know? And I'm leaving. I'm leaving this town. And, um, you know, what's interesting is is at the end, لَكُمْ Dinukum It's as if, you know, part of deen is payback. Part of deen is um, your eventual outcome. You will have your eventual outcome. I'll have my eventual outcome. It's, in a way, this is a very scary ayah for, for the kuffar because who is on Rasul's side? Allah is on the... On, or suicide. So, in a way, they know that their victory, uh, you know, their loss is coming soon. Their defeat is coming soon. So, what led to this kufr? What led to this, to getting the term al kafirun? Number one, it was ingratitude. Remember? They were, in, they were ungrateful. They didn't thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way He should be thanked by becoming slaves of Him after being given peace and prosperity and the honor of being the custodians of the kaaba and the honor of being from the lineage of ibrahim alayhis salam. all these honors and all these gifts that they were given the status in society of banu hashim everything was there but they were they weren't grateful so this uh, kufr of na'mah, which is the opposite of shukr so solely, solely and and you know obviously denying the message of the prophet sallallahu that was another problem denying the afterlife, denying accountability, all these things, over time, what happened to it, it led to this rejection. So there was kufr inside and kufr outside. Internally, there was kufr. Externally, they're, they're saying it you know, bluntly, that Khalas, we are, we're not going to believe in you. Show us signs, show us signs. They're disbelieving in this. This speech, this divine speech that's given to them, this amazing uh, character of the Prophet, this was not enough for them. What more did they want? You know? What more did they want? After all these things that were given to them. So, Allah says, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ Tell them, يَا أَيُّهَا kafir Oh, you who disbelieve. Disbelieve in what? In everything that the Prophet ﷺ came with. You know, Allah didn't even continue the statement by saying, oh, oh, you who disbelieve in the message. Or "Oh, you who disbelieve in the messenger. <coughs> or "Oh, you who disbelieve in the afterlife. There's like a blank there, you know? Dotted line. O oh, you who disbelieve in what? everything. You've you've disbelieved in everything. You haven't left anything that's remaining there. So قُل again say it to them bluntly time for da'wah is over. Time for mercy is over. And you know they went to the Prophet ﷺ to do compromise right? By saying قُل Allah saying the Prophet ﷺ has no authority to do compromise with you. You're wasting your time. He doesn't have an authority to, to do compromise. You're, you have to يعني, realize that the Prophet is only a messenger. He has no authority in this at, uh, whatsoever. And you know the repetition in this surah? You know, لا ما ولا أنتم عبدون. There's like this repetition which is confusing sometimes. Even for Qurra, when they recite in Salah, they sometimes <laughs> mix up. يعني. Why? Because of the rep- repetition. And... أَنْتُمْ antum aabiduna ma'abud is by word repeated twice. This ayah, أَنْتُمْ antum aabiduna ma'abud, ayah number two and ayah number four is repeated exactly the same. Yeah. So, why is it repeated twice? There's a lot of linguistic discussion about this. We can talk for like literally two hours just about the linguistics. But, you know, for the sake of the dars, I think it's going to be yani, a bit confusing and we'll get into too much. Uh, grammar and, and technicalities which, which might get us off track So I'll just give you some snippets here and there but wallahi the, the grammar and the balagha of this surah is unbelievable because yani. there's <laughs> so, many, so many details of why there's a verb here, why there's a noun here past tense, future tense, present tense it's, it's mind blowing stuff really but part of the, the reason it's repeated twice is what was the deal one year we worship your Rabb, the other year you worship our Aliha, right? So two rejections for the two the two part deals. There's a two-part deal to this, right? So two rejections for deal number one or deal A, deal B basically. Okay? Two rejections or two offers versus two rejections. They made two offers, Quran is rejecting them twice. وَلَا أَنتم عبدونا ما أَعْبُدُ Abiduna أَنْتُمْ abiduna أَعْبُدُ And you know, obviously in the surah there is also good news for the Prophet. There's a threat to the kuffar and there is good news to who? To Rasulullah. Ya is also used when there's formality in the discussion. Ya because Ya ayyuha nabi Ya rasul is used for respect. So it's usually used for formal talk. So here it's a statement, a formal statement to Rasulullah, uh, uh, to the Kuffar by Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, kafirun, this is a statement, it's like a a sealed statement now, that has, um, you know, there's no negotiation after this. It's a done deal, and it's uh, also, part of it is, Ya ayyuhal, like I told you, distancing and disgust. You guys are disgusting. Ten years of da'wah, but you have still, uh, rejected this. And the Prophet like I told you had to literally walk up to them in their face and say this. Just try to put yourself in that scene, Yani. You know, these leaders of Quraysh and, and saying this word kafirun to them is a very big insult. A very big insult, yani. So in a way they are shocked and um, you know Allah's Allah the Prophet knew that they will get upset by this. You know Someone coming up to you. And this is his own family. Part of them is his own family. لا أعبدوا ما تعبدون So here, first of all, the Prophet ﷺ is saying, I don't worship what you worship. And Abudu is a verb. ما تعبدون is a noun, right? ما تعبدون is a noun. Um, or it's... it's uh, sorry. لا Abudu is a verb in the present tense, which also refers to the future. Okay, when la is, is uh, combined with a verb of the present tense, it deals with the future. I don't worship in the present, nor will I worship in the future. What you worship. Okay, and then wala antum abiduna ma This is talking about them now. They will never worship. You will never worship what I worship. And then it repeats itself. Wala. I will not worship what you worship. Now, in these changes of verbs, what's basically happening? There's six things happening. Okay, six things happening. On the one hand, the Prophet ﷺ is saying that I won't worship you in the future, in the present, and in the past. Okay, these are three. On behalf of who? On behalf of Rasulullah And on the other side, he's saying you won't worship. In the present, what I worship, you won't worship in the present in the future what I worship, you never worshipped in the past what I worship. So in this surah, all tenses are taken care of. Now what's interesting is why did the Rasul say that you never worship what I worship? Because did, the, did the Rasul ever worship their gods? No, we know that even before Islam, he was he never associated himself with shirk, he never worshiped their gods. He knew there was something messed up about their deen. And he was, you know, going to Ghar Hira and doing his tafakkur and thinking about, you know, the creation and the purpose of life. And so he was al al-hanifiyya, you know, like they say. He was on the deen of Hanifiyya, the Abrahamic deen, yani, of Tawheed. He knew that this, this concept of gods and idols doesn't make sense. So that's why the past is used. And, you know, the word, notice how the word a'budu, ta'budun, a'bud, again. The concept of ibadah comes in this surah. It's a very big concept. Which uh, reminds us of surah Al-Fatiha. Remember, right? Alhamdulillahi, Rabbil Alameen. The relationship between master and slave. So we need to refresh that a bit. So, you know, in this surah, we're we're reaffirming the idea that to be a slave of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to fulfill the rights of a slave. Fulfill the rights of a slave and you have to know your Rabb also. So what are the... Five, uh, you know, attributes of al just to refresh. Al-Malik, the one who owns you. Al-Sayyid, the one who has rules upon you. Al-Murabi, the one who takes care of you. Al-Mun'im, the one who gifts you. And Al-Qayyim, the one who sustains you. Okay? And, and so for the Quraysh, now, we, we need to really understand this point very clearly. Did the Quraysh believe in Allah as being the creator? The answer is Yes. They believed, If you ask them who created the heavens and the earth, they would say Allah. And they also believe that He is the one who sends down rain from the sky. And you know, a lot of these things that have to deal with Al-Khaliq. You know, why didn't they believe in Al-Rab? Because Al-Rab had to deal with responsibility and following rules and, you know, being part of, you know, signing on to the terms of Allah. They didn't want to sign on to the terms of Allah. The they said, we'll just believe in Allah as Khaliq and we'll worship these idols to get us close to Allah. Okay? And you know, they had these, some of them had these messed up ideologies of, you know, that angels are the daughters of Allah. Some of them associated the jinn you know, and, and all this magic stuff that was happening that the jinn are getting these ideas from Allah. And they also um, associated their deen with the Abrahamic deen. They thought that they were on the deen of Ibrahim. Okay? So all these things and they used to be proud of this. They would, they would say that we're not like Nasara and Al Yahud who claim that you know Uzair is ibn Allah and al Messiah is ibn Allah. We are no, we are on the Abrahamic Deen. And you know, we have special relationship with Allah, He has angels that are his daughters. And so they had this messed up idea of their own deen. Whereas whereas Rasulullah came to clarify this. All these misconceptions very clearly in the Quran. We also talked about uh, the idea of tawheed in, in five aspects, if you remember. That you know, when you claim to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and worship here in the holistic sense. Not just in salah and sawm and zakat and hajj. Not just in the ritualistic part of ibadah, right? Because that's another problem we have. that Sometimes people think that ibadah is just limited to these acts of rituals. Whereas ibadah is a holistic view, enslaving yourself entirely to Allah subhanahu So part of it, like we said, that Ibn Taymiyyah has mentioned, uh, that there's different types of shirk that you can do with Allah subhanahu ta'ala, hidden, in hidden forms. Shirk of obedience, if you remember, right? Obeying other than Allah. Shirk of obedience. The other shirk was what? Who can remember? Shirk of obedience, what else? Shirk of love. Loving. Other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or more than Allah subhanahu ta'ala. We're not allowed to love anyone else, anything else more than Allah subhanahu ta'ala. Allah subhanahu you wa know, should be on top of the pyramid of love. So obedience, Allah is on the top. That you cannot disobey Allah just to, to satisfy his creation. So in obedience, Allah is on the top. In love, he's on the top. In trust, also, tawakkul and trust, trusting Allah Subh'ana on top. Ikhlas, also, sincerity, sometimes shirk and sincerity And we talked about this in Surah Zilzal how intention, even if 1% intention is messed up, your whole deeds are finished. Yani. And then, shirk, rules, terms, yes. What are the terms? Do you have your own terms or do you want to follow Allah's terms? What did Quraysh want? they wanted quraish wanted their own terms they didn't want allah's terms okay and um, you know then i added fear also if you remember right shirk of fear and subhanallah fear is is uh, another huge one by the way and you know just this reminds me of uh, a couple of stories that i've heard about how people actually you know this idea of fearing other than allah can actually have medical consequences on on uh, on people and a lot of studies today say that cancer is caused by fear fear of death fear of you know um, you know the disease fear of getting sick fear of you know not having enough money or fear of not pleasing people fear of no appreciation fear 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 when you're always paranoid and fear fearful and scared what happens? You you start you know having these negative feelings inside and this results in you uh, you know, according to some studies, that cancerous cells start developing because of fear, subhanAllah. So, yani, subhanAllah, tawheed is a cure for cancer if you think about it. Yani. If you really have proper, you know, tawakkul on Allah and you don't fear anyone but Allah. And here also, I would like to also add, which I forgot to add, was dua. Shirk and dua, because of course, we have situations nowadays where, you know, people. Claim to be Muslims, but they're making du'a to other than Allah. Yani, of course, that is you know clear-cut shirk. Yani, if you're calling, calling on anyone other than Allah, uh, you know, whether it's a personality or uh, you know your sheikh or uh, a grave or you know whatever it is, this is shirk. Yani, so uh, a very obvious one. So relying on other than Allah, making du'a to other than Allah, very clear-cut shirk. So we got to understand this. So here, there's two parts of ibadah. There's the, worship, the ritual, worship part, and there's the slavery part. Okay, I want you to differentiate between the two. Worship is like salah, sawam, zakat, hajj, the, the action. And slavery is the attitude. Now, did, did the Quraysh worship Allah the way the Prophet ﷺ worshipped Allah? No. The, the Prophet ﷺ used to pray, you know, and he had his rituals according to what the Qur'an has stated. The Quraysh had their own. Rituals So neither did they worship Allah The way the Prophet had worshipped Allah What about slavery Did the Quraysh enslave themselves Like the Prophet and enslaved themselves No They didn't do that either So both ways These two parts of Ubudiyah Which is the, the worship And the enslave, enslavement of yourself The slavery Both of them They were, they were not following the Prophet uh, Way His deen You know Way of life, which is, which is another, another meaning for deen. So, in both senses, Quraysh, uh, they failed in both parts. They failed in both parts. And so the Prophet ﷺ is rejecting both. That's why there's another pair here. You know, one for the, the rituals and one for the attitude of a slave. You know, both are mentioned in this. So this is talking about the future. I will never worship what you worship. Don't this deal that you're making with me? It's not going to happen. ولا أنتم ما أعبد. and you will not worship what I worship. This is applying to the present. It's applying to the future. And um, this also is affirming their kufr and they're going to die on kufr. They will, because it has future in it, you will not worship what I worship. It's a, it's a done deal, khalas. Guarantee of kufr. And then walla ana I have I have never worshiped what you worship in the past. I told you also about this. And you know here also there's an interesting thing that you know the Prophet ﷺ in a way is telling them that listen, in the past, even before Islam I didn't worship what you worship. You think I'm gonna worship what you worship now? You see this point? Even before Islam the Prophet didn't worship what they worship. Now after Islam, they're coming with this deal expecting the Prophet is gonna give in. There's no way, Yani. You know, that's that's uh, you know the, the meaning of Wala ana ma How can you even think about that? How can you even think that I'm gonna compromise on this? And um, ma Abud Ma here means you know, like what an amazing God I'm worshiping. You think you're gonna worship what I worship, you know, here Ma is ma of of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What I worship. You know, like the Sikya Ma, that's basically it. Ma yani. a'bud. And لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ وَلِيَ دِينُ Your religion is only for you, my religion is for me. Again, we can't use this casually with kufar, Because, by the way, if we use this casually with, with non believers today, what would happen to da'wah? خلاص we'd close it down, right? No more street da'wah, no more. Flyers and pamphlets. Why? Because you have your dean, we have ours. Would we pray in the masjid. You guys go to church. You guys do whatever you want. Chalas, yani. all good, yani. Let's live in peace and coexistence, yani. You know there will be no dharma anymore. But again, we can't use. We got to be very careful with this ayah and, and not to use it in that sense, yani. So دِينُكُمْ dinukum دِينُ What is deen? We mentioned in in Surah Al-Fatiha, part of deen is payback, part of deen is accountability, uh, part of deen is way of life. They have their way of life, we have our way of life. Religion is part of it also. And um, by the way, in لَكُمْ دِينَكُمْ that One part is is beautiful is that there is no compulsion in religion. We cannot force anybody to become Muslim. (laughs) Right or no? This is لا (laughs) إكراه في الدين there is no compulsion in religion, and so this is a part of this uh, this ayah that you know there, we can't force anybody to become Muslim. Yes, you can invite, but at the end of the day, the choice is theirs to accept or not to accept. And so you'll get exactly You'll get get exactly what you deserve, and I will get exactly what I deserve. This is part of deen also. Um, and here, you know, another thing that we're learning from this is that there's going to be one winner. لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ dinu دين There will only be one winner, and um, you know, obviously, since it's the surah started with qul, that means who's Allah on whose side is Allah <laughs> on the Prophet's side. You know, so in, hidden in there is, you know, basically, bad news for the Quraysh that they're going to be defe- they're going to be the losers in this in this battle, and. Part of this is also, you know, again, the mission of the Prophet ﷺ was to purify the Kaaba, right? To bring back the legacy of Ibrahim alayhi So part of this is also hinting to the kufar that, خلاص, when the Prophet ﷺ leaves, don't think that he's not going to come back. He's going to come back to purify this one day. And we will learn from the next surah, الله, how the Prophet ﷺ actually will come back and purify and, and gain victory, which is beautifully linked to this surah. So, this surah, the conflict is announced. Next surah, we know who's going to win, right? It's it's sequenced beautifully in this, yani. And um, you know, another another thing here that I want to mention is. You know, the the end of the surah, لَكُمْ دِينُكُمْ dinukum is actually the right way of saying it, لَكُمْ dinukum waliyadini. But the ya is omitted, and there's a kasra, waliyadini. Why? It's as if Allah is saying, you know what? Don't talk too much with them. Khalas, just give the message and just leave. Yani. They're not worth even talking to. Even that la- last letter, Khalas, just omit it. Yani. No need to spend more time talking. The time for da'wah is over. That last letter, no need to add it even. SubhanAllah. So it's just some subtleties of the language there. Um... And so here also, what we're learning is that you, yani the Sahaba here are, are not mentioned in this surah. The Sahaba are not mentioned. In a way, Allah is telling the Prophet Sallam that, listen, this victory—yes, you're, you're announcing war—but the victory will come from who? Yeah. And we learn in the next surah that, again, Allah says Nasrullah, associating the victory to who? To Allah. So it's not from the Prophet It's not from the Sahaba. It's it's from Allah. So yes, you are alone, but it's going to be Nasrullah. There's a hint too. The idea that the Prophet ﷺ alone is enough, and we, you know he doesn't need. We should there shouldn't be extra dependence on the Sahaba or his own efforts. No, this is pure Allah's Nasr. What's uh, interesting here is. Um, the Abraham and Islaam made a very similar duaa in Surat al-Mumtahana. I'll just read it out to you. قد كانت لكم أُس لقد كانت لكم أُس لقد كانت لكم أُسفة حسنة في إبراهيم والذين معه إذ قالوا لقومهم إنا براءء منكم إنا براءء منكم ومما تعبدون من دون الله كفرنا بكم وبدأ بيننا وبينكم العداوة والبغضاء أبدا حتى تؤمنوا بالله وحده so here, Ibrahim A.S., Allah is telling the Prophet you have a great role model in Ibrahim A.S. He also went to the Kafar and told them the same thing. That we are innocent from what you, you believe in. And we have disbelieved in what you believe in. And there is you know, hatred and, and uh, enmity towards what you believe in until you believe in Allah. So in a way... The legacy of Ibrahim is being followed by Rasulullah in this surah. You know, he, Ibrahim used the same exact meaning in, in this ayah, and the Prophet is, is repeating literally the same statement to, in, in different contexts, though. Ibrahim there was alone, and therefore the, the plural form is used. Allah told him to use the plural form. To when he talks to the, the kuffar, he's talking in plural form. Whereas the Rasulullah has the Sahaba, but in which form is he talking? Singular form, for there's a reverse in that. So, just some interesting thing about that. But lastly, I want to end with something realistic and practical now. Because obviously, we don't have Quraysh living around us, right? So, how do we connect with this surah in our times? This is where, you know, this is the juicy part of this now. So, you, now you can wake up, inshallah. So we don't have Quraysh living around us we don't have Fir'aun living around us but does this kufr system actually exist the answer is yes it exists and it's uh, a very subtle way where it's it's hidden in our lives today it hi- it's hidden in our minds and and this system we need to we need to identify it so that we can differentiate it from what's right and what's wrong okay and so in modern day times, terminologies like the capitalistic system, the Dajali system is, is mentioned, secularism is mentioned. These are all shades of kufr that are alive in our societies today. This, these ideologies are taught in our schools. These are ideologies that are hidden as subliminal messages in movies and, uh, you know, in the entertainment industry, in businesses, people are using these ideas, you know, so these, this kufr is, is, and its shades are spread all across our societies in a very dangerous way, but what we're learning from the surah is what? What do we learn from the surah? That there's no compromise. But what the danger of the idea now is that if these shades are spread all across our society, and we, we don't know what these shades are, then probably we are doing compromise without even realizing, right? So we need, to, we need to clearly distinguish from these things. So, usually what I do in my workshops is we, we differentiate between this kufr system and the, the system of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by calling it system B versus system A. Okay? Very simple way of, of distinguishing the two. System B is the shaitan system. You can call it Taghut, you can call it you know secularism, you can call it capitalistic system, you can call it Dajjali system. Okay? This is System B, which is the system that we're living in today, you know, and we're exposed to on a daily, day-to-day basis. We're stuck in the system. Whereas Allah wants us to live the system A lifestyle, the system of the Quran, the system of the Prophet, the system that Allah wants to be established on earth. So now, for example, the, the uh, banking system all across the world you know riba is a you know one of the biggest crimes that you know Allah subhanahu has mentioned in the Quran so but what has happened in our systems now in the banking and financial system of the world and countries and you know with the central banks and the IMF and the world bank what's happened is we we go- we've gotten stuck into this system which is part of which is we can call system b financial uh, uh, you know financial system B. Then on the other side you have education system B. Where in education they're spreading these thoughts about you know secularism and you know materialism and forgetting the spiritual, spiritual part of things, forgetting that you know you have accountability and you know, this stuff is rarely taught in schools. And so you, you look at schools and colleges, it's all about money, 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 materialism, you know getting your career, get business, you know, forget ethics and morality. Morality is just something secondary. It's something relative, which is another point here. Morality has become relative. What, you know, swimming costumes 100 years ago were different than swimming costumes today. Why? Because it's okay. Morality changes. Yeah. We can start legalizing you know, uh, same-sex marriages. Why? Because call us, times have changed. Whereas in system A, what happens? to Is morality um, you know, fixed or is it relative? It's fixed. What was immoral 1,400 years ago is still immoral today. Why? Because the Quran says so. So there's, there's a big difference. Big difference between the two. You see how there's no compromise? Can we compromise on that? We can't compromise on that. Similarly, in the, the idea of having a purpose in your life, right? In the System B lifestyle, in System B, what is the purpose? They don't even know what the purpose is, right? They're just living their life you know, meaningless, just making money, eating, drinking, sleeping. Whereas in system A, there's a clear purpose. We've, we've been created by Allah to, you know, worship Him and to make this world a better place, be the Khalifa, be responsible for Earth, so that we can earn Jannah. It's very clear. Our you know, Six-year-old kids know this stuff, right? Whereas in, in the system B, lifestyle, this stuff is rarely addressed, right? What's your purpose in life? Where are you heading? Who created you? They don't bother about these things. Why? Because it's all unseen. It's not material. It's not something they can touch and see. And so therefore, let's not talk about God. Let's not talk about the ruh. Let's stop talking about death and akhirah and all these depressing topics. Let's make this world. Let's build this world, you know? Um, also, the idea of, of greed in System B—it's a it's a world—it's a lifestyle of greed, right? Where what's in it for me? It's about me, Annie, me and uh, my career, my development, my bank account. It's not about giving. What about System B? Or what about System A? In System A, it's a complete opposite, right? There's no such thing as greed, it's about giving, it's about loving for others what you love for yourself, it's about you know, going out of your way to help others and caring about others and being sensitive to others, people's feelings. You see how di- different these two systems are? So we need, to, we need to very clearly distinguish these two so that we can not have this compromise going on. You see how this surah is so relevant? Because Allah's teaching us, and by the way, the Prophet used to recite the surah Pretty much every day, you know, in, in Sunnah of Fajr, he used to recite the surah, and uh, you know, after Umrah, you know, uh, behind behind the maqam he would stand, he would recite the surah in the uh, witr prayers, right? It's a very repeated surah. Why? Allah Subhanahu wants us to remember that you know our system is different than the system, and although we can't change the system B overnight, can we change it overnight? No. Some people try to, right? It doesn't work. But you have to have that, you know, hatred towards the system. Again, not the people, towards the system. You have to have that hatred towards the system in your heart. And you have to have visions that will, you know, inshallah, you know, a vision for System A school. Vision A for, uh, vision for System A entertainment. What about System B entertainment? Messed up, right? I mean, it's all about shamelessness, destroying people's modesty, about, you know, uh, you know, Just a few days ago, I uh, saw, uh, what's it called, Terminator, right? So what's the idea there? Let's stop Judgment Day from happening, basically. That's basically the bottom line of the, and and a couple of, you know, a team of human beings basically defeat robots to get Judgment Day. So they stop Judgment Day from happening. And this is, they're teaching this to our kids, literally. So these are all the messages that are happening. Another idea of secularism, you know, in system B, secularism is, you know, deen, fine, you want to practice deen, go in the masjid, go in the temple, go in the church, but don't bring deen into politics, into economy, into, you know, school. Leave it where it is. Separate the two. Whereas in system A, deen is everything. Right? Islam touches your economy, your politics, your family life, your spiritual life, emotional. Everything is deen. And that's why the the term abd is for every part of our existence. You can't separate deen from anything else. So very, very clear-cut difference between the two. Also the idea of um, attitude, right? So in system B, what's the attitude? The attitude is, I know. I know, therefore I don't need guidance from anybody. I'm smart enough. I have a degree from Harvard. So there's this arrogance in system B. Whereas in system a what are we taught from the beginning of the quran alif lam mim these are letters and you will never understand what they mean right from the beginning of baqarah humble yourself you want you want guidance from this book first step one admit that you don't know anything and and submit to this fact that you have limited knowledge then you can get guidance alif lam mim you know So, very big difference. Here, I know, therefore, I don't need guidance in system B. System A, ya Allah, I don't know. I'm doing ruku' and sujood to you. My mind, yes, I have maybe a degree or PhD or whatever, but in front of you, ya Allah, nothing. I don't know anything. Another big, big difference between system B and system A is the idea of balancing roles in our lives. In system B, it's only about my role of money and, you know, career and, and... you know, power and fame and whatever, these materialistic roles, right? At the expense of, you know, de- destroying your relationship with your mother, with your sister, with your brother, with your friend, with your neighbor, doesn't matter. I don't care about other roles. It's just about me. What's in it for me? Whereas in System A, it's all about balancing roles. It's about, yes, I do have to w- make sure I have a good career and earn money halal way, but I also have to take care of my parents. I have to take care of my wife and my kids and my neighborhood, and you know, so there's a collective responsibility here, whereas here it's just self-centered. It's very selfish. What's in it for me? And you know, system B is about my pleasure. That's all it is. It's very selfish. My pleasure. Whereas in system A, what's the whose pleasure are we seeking? Allah, Allah's pleasure. You see the difference? Very, very big difference. <coughs> so, this is modern day kufr system, you know, the system B. And, and we need to distinguish between the two and realize that there's a big, big difference that our, uh, we need to know, our kids need to know. Another idea is the idea of, um, you know, this Darwinism theory, right? We're animals. We're nothing but animals. Therefore, you know, we satisfy our lust and our desires. Just like animals do. Some people go overboard and, and they actually remove their clothes and say, you know, we're like animals, so if animals don't wear clothes, why should we wear clothes? They call them like the, the nudist people, right? Yeah, yeah na- naturist or whatever. Whereas in, in uh, system A, لَقَدْ خَلَقْنَا الْإِنسَانَ فِي أَحْسَنِ تَقْوِيمٍ We weren't, you know, a result of monkeys evolving through time and, Big difference. And, and, you know, this Darwinism and the uh, theory of evolution is still in our, found in books. Ask your kids in their school biology books and, you know, they, they still teach this junk and this poison. Yani. So, you know, big difference in the way we see these, uh, these two things. And so, you know, in, in terms of practical advice, as a believer, it is critical for us to, Realize the difference between these two systems, you know, and, and when we recite surah Al-Kafirun, we have to remind ourselves on a day-to-day basis, Ya Allah, this is their system, we have our own system. And, and this is where vision comes in, this is where, you know, as a believer, we have to have visions to, to replace this, you know, system B, lifestyles, with system A, alternatives. We're not saying break your TVs and throw your smartphones off, no. Come up with system A apps, come up with system A entertainment, system A education and schools, system A businesses, system A banking systems, you know? Uh, System A hospitals, Uh, even like, you know, the industrial sector now in system B, what is it about? Let's make money, who cares about pollution, who cares about people dying, who cares about child labor? Who cares about, you know, the sea being destroyed and marine life being destroyed and animal life being destroyed? Who cares? Let's make money. It's all about money. At the expense of what? Doing injustice to other creations of Allah. Whereas in system A, you got to be careful about this. Even the food industry. In system B, what's the food industry all about? Let's make the cheapest stuff. Who cares if it causes cancer, if it, you know, uh, is unhealthy we want to lower our costs as much as possible so we can increase the margin. Let people die. Who cares? Anyway, we want to do population control, so it's good if people die. Yeah. Whereas in system A, no, the life of you know, an individual is valuable. And you know we've got to be careful what we do. Even if you have a supermarket and you're selling cigarettes, you're going to be questioned. You are being a contribution to this. Yeah. If you're, you have a supermarket and you're selling filthy magazines, you'll be questioned about this. Why? Because you being, you're being a reason for spreading this shame. Yeah. So there's a sense of responsibility in system A, whereas in system B, it's just about money, 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 materialism. You know, I'll get, make money whatever, in whatever way. I don't care about uh, you know, consequences. In system A, there's accountability, there's consequences, there's angels writing down every action you do. So you know um, with that we conclude the surah and um, you know we ask Allah to uh, give us and our children and our youth the you know the inspiration to inshallah lead and, and develop system a visions and to you know realize the difference between system a and system b in our times where it's it's the shades of it are hidden in our societies and very little attention is being drawn into paying attention to these you know, very, very subtle differences that you know when 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 you actually you know dive into they are not s- small differences, they're big differences. It's the difference between the north and the south pole. Yeah? That's how different these two systems are and we need to be reminded of them. So we ask Allah to protect us from this.